Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com. Go to HashtagBasketball.com right now, check out their premium tools, check out the best scheduler to plan your head-to-head leagues. It's easily the best scheduler on the internet. Uh, they're also Mark Roberts' great projections, trade analyzer, and a lot of more tools that you can utilize for free to help you win your fantasy league. That is hashtag basketball.com. I am your host, Mike Katrin. And joining me as always, well, not always, but at least today, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? For once, right? Joining me for once. You only, you only, uh, you only missed one episode. The people were mad. The people uh, demanded that you come back to the podcast they didn't want to hear me talk all day long well i mean i feel like that's not a surprise to you michael it certainly is not a surprise but i did call you out at least a few times on the last pod um once for doubting the greatness of potential nba scoring leader zach levine we're gonna talk about that we at at a later date but no, we're, no, we're gonna, I, I think, think we're going to talk about that tonight. Well, and here's the only thing I'll say about it. Okay, I don't ever doubt it that Zach Levine could score. He's still terrible for fantasy. That's that is fair, but he's not terrible for fantasy right now. And I think the other thing I called you out on was uh, uh, my my hot take on uh, Triple J going to be better than Doncic. And uh, so this this is funny that you think you called me out on it. Yet in the listener league, I picked Jaron Jackson Jr. before you did. Yeah, I'm not happy about like, it. I, like I was so down on Jaron Jackson Jr. that I would never take him or anything. All I said was I thought Doncic was going to be better this season, and you thought Jaron Jackson Jr. was going to be better. Well, I don't think that's settled at all. So I don't understand how you, you think this is some bad call Listen, by me. Everything should be settled after week one, and I think that is a good Plus, segue. I'll, I'll say this too, like to me, and one of my big arguments was I'm like, well, Doncic is going to play a ton more. And I think that was the case until Gerald Green got his jaw broken. That is 100% true. So I still think my call was right. It was right at the time, but it might not be right at the end, and that's what counts. Um, Tyler, I want to put a giant caveat as I call you out for no reason, uh, just because I enjoy it. It is week one. I I mean, I guess it's week two technically here. And we're living in... Small sample size theater, and tonight we're going to be doing the top five sell highs of the first two weeks, and um, or at least the first week at this point. And in my opinion, it's just a little too early to be uh, buying low or selling high. Maybe it's never too early for you, Tyler, but for me, it's this small sample size makes the uh, the buy low sell high a little bit harder to figure out than it will here in about a month. Well, I'm with you. I think it makes the buying and selling really high or really low, almost impossible because we're in that spot where in a league with smart people who have played fantasy basketball before, right? They're not going to fall for, oh, well, this guy's terrible now, right? Like, well, no, he had a couple bad games. Uh, most people aren't going to fall 
you know, for the, the real big buy low or the real big sell high, right? Like me trading you, my guy, I just picked up off the waiver wire for your second round pick. Right, like no one's gonna fall for that in a league with sharp players. Yeah, Nico Miritich or Joe Ingles, both in the top twelve, you're not gonna be able to trade them for a top twelve guy. And that's not we're not gonna those are not the guys we're gonna be trying to talk about. I think those obvious guys uh that you know Car Anthony Towns is having a bad start. You're not gonna yeah. get Joe Ingles, you're not gonna trade Joe Ingles for Carl Anthony Towns. It's not gonna happen. Unless you're in a really bad league, it's not gonna happen. We're not gonna but- talk about that. And I think too, right, that the the thing to say about guys that you buy low and sell high is I think it's always at any point really hard to buy someone, especially in those first two rounds and a lot of times even the person's third round pick. I feel like players get so attached to those guys, right? Ooh, you know, I'm going to have Carl Anthony Towns this year. I'm going to have Devin Booker this year. I'm going to have Chris Middleton this year. And even if those guys start off poorly, I feel like no one wants to trade those guys even a little bit low. Just I think it's like an attachment thing. And, I mean, I'm not going to get into all the psychology of that, but I, I don't see anybody selling low like their top three picks very often at all. No, it's just not going to happen. I mean, there's always a world where you could maybe trade you know, a second-round player for a first-round player that has a slow start. There's a world where that uh, can happen, and there's a world where you should try to make that happen. But uh, we're, we're, I, don't, I don't think we're going to focus too much on the the obvious uh, breakout guys in week one, like Nico and Joe Ingles. I think hopefully if you're listening to this podcast, you know those guys are going to revert to the mean. We talk about it all the time. Uh, same with uh, Kyrie Irving and, and Carlton Towns. They're going to revert back to the mean. There's nothing to worry about there. But when it comes to – these particular guys that we're going to talk to today, um, right now might be a pretty good time to sell high because they are overperforming, but maybe not overperforming in such a gratuitous way that is so noticeable that you're trying to swindle somebody. Well, and maybe too, they're overperforming in a way that's not like, I feel like people are always willing to buy something they've seen more than something they haven't seen. So when we talk about, you know, trading four players, right. That have been struggling. That's always a little bit, you know, they haven't seen these players do good yet. So that may be a little bit easier. I always feel like it's a little bit easier to sell these guys too, because like, Oh, okay. This player has had three 30 point games in the case of my number one player today. Um, And some people just go crazy for points. Right. And so it's a little bit easier to sell that. Whereas, you know, if the guy was supposed to average 20 points a game and he's only averaging 15, it's a little bit harder to sell that. Well, let's go ahead and talk about um, this guy was on both of our lists. Uh, Zach Levine, obviously out to the hottest start of his career, and the Bulls are 0 and 3. And um, not only that, Zach Levine is complaining about the the rest of the team not feeding the hot hand, um, but for some reason not complaining about the fact that no one plays defense, including himself. So a lot of a lot of mixed messages coming out of the Chicago locker room. But as you said, Zach Levine averaging 32 points right now, hitting three threes. Um, and scored over 30 in every game, right? I think that's what I was saying too. He scored yes. over 30 in every game. One 
8.3 blocks per game, shooting almost 62%. That's the almost the easiest thing to look at and say. He's su- shooting 62%. He's out a little bit. He's, he's shooting 62%. There's no way that is sustainable. So already you're looking at a guy, you're like, obviously this guy is overperforming. Um, oh. He blocked as many shots as he did all of last year. Now, granted, he only played 24 games last year. But if you look at his last 71 games, he's blocked 14 shots, and he blocked four already this season. That's absolutely incredible. And he is currently ranked per game in nine cat leagues uh, 18th, which is incredibly high. But I don't think what we're saying here is sell high and try to get a second round player where I think where you're going to go Tyler and you know don't let me put words in your mouth is that Zach Levine is not really uh probably not even a top 75 player maybe maybe not a top 50 player and if you can get a top 50 talent for Zach Levine right now because he's off to such a hard start hot start like I don't know if that's where you're going to go but I'm I'm interested to hear what you think you can get for Zach well I think I can probably get a top 50 player because I, I think we say this all the time. Points are the sexiest category. And they're the sexiest category because they're the largest number, right? Other than percentages wise, they're the largest number. Um, What kills Zach Levine's value and what will let me take even a top 75 player, right? Even a, a, maybe someone will sell me a Jaron Jackson Jr. because, oh, he's off to a hot start and – you know, maybe we think he's going to hit the rookie wall or, you know, whatever, whatever craziness happens there. Um, this is a guy in Zach Levine who's gotten you 0.2 blocks each of the last three seasons. And he's gotten you a steal or less in his entire career. Right? He's never averaged more than one steal a game. He just isn't really helping you that much in fantasy other than he's a bulk scorer. So I think he could probably score 20 a game on this Bulls team, maybe even a little bit more, right? Points are way up this year. Um, Pace is way up. That's true. Shots per 100 possessions are way up. So you got to realize that 20 points isn't as good as it used to be too, right? If points are up, then more people are scoring. So therefore, you know, there's more points to go around. Yeah, I don't think you're – I mean, like guys maybe I would end up targeting are – uh, your Jamal Murray's, your CJ McCollum's, uh, somewhere in that in that range, where hey guys, uh, Zach Levine, he's doing the exact same thing those guys normally do. Maybe he's overperforming, but he's going to be that good. That that seems like maybe the mentality of it. some of those. I don't think you could get into your higher levels of like Clay Thompson's or Donovan Mitchell's. Those guys are too good to compare to Zach Levine. People are just going to look at that on paper and just go, "I'm getting." ripped off even if Zach Levine is good but uh well, when you st- start looking at some of these lesser names that might be the guys you want to target you got to know your league too right know know your your personnel and you got to know what your team needs so if your team needs a big man maybe you look for a guy struggling big man um so the guy that's getting the most panic and then we can talk about this if you want as far as big man is Draymond Green now, Draymond Green is not a points guy, so you're trading away a points guy for not a points guy. So that may be a little bit dangerous, but everyone's freaking out about Draymond Green, and he's Draymond Green. Draymond um, Green is going to be fine, but I, I have not seen him look for his own shot in any game. Not okay. even trying. So 
say Draymond Green averages 10 points a game. If he gives you eight rebounds and seven assists and a steal and a half and a block and a half, do you care? I don't think you should have been drafting Draymond Green if you thought you were getting a scorer. Oh, here's I've got I've got some players I would like to say that I will try to trade Mr. Zach Levine for. Okay. I've got four. Um, the criminally underrated in drafts, Eric Bledsoe. I mean, I, I'm not sure you're going to get that trade, but I 100% try. Uh, the, the also maybe underrated in drafts, Mike Conley. Okay. Right? I think you get that done. Like like that a, lot of times, more. a lot of times Mike Conley was getting picked outside the top 50. Yeah, I think people are down on him. People are maybe up on Levine, and then people may think they're kind of right in the same um, ranking when it comes to the end of the year, and Mike Connolly is Mike Connolly. Um, guy who was picked right next to Mike Connolly, Gordon Hayward. I'd rather have him. Yeah, it is It is beneficial that uh, Chris Dunn is out for four to six weeks, so that will help Zach Levine in the long term. Yeah, and I mean, we can talk about that Dunn injury if you want. I don't really think there's a pickup in Chicago just because isn't the starting point guard going to be Cameron Payne? Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Cameron so, Payne. I- I'm sure you watched that game. Um, <sighs> and I, I saw that game. Um, is it me or does Cameron – Cameron Payne looks taller than I remember. Okay, now I have a limited memory of Cameron Payne. But is it me or does he just, like, take the weirdest shots? Like he has a, just a, such an awkward shooting motion. There. His shot mechanic—I didn't even notice this until this year—but some somehow his shot mechanics are worse than Lonzo's. Like, dude, like he just looks like he like lifts the ball up weird and then just like flings it at the basket. Like it's not even like a shot. It's just more like a. Oh, I hope you go in. <laughs> He's absolute trash. Uh, there's a free Tyler Ulis uh, uh, hashtag going around the Chicago land area. Just just letting you know. So. Should they play Levine as the point guard and work in more somebody else, Antonio Blakely, somebody else? Like I feel I like that's the Blakely. Move. Yeah, um, is to just play other guys and not a point guard because they don't. I mean, none of those guys. Maybe Shaq Harrison, right? The nah. shot. I don't. It's, I have, uh, Ryan, uh, not his name is not Archibald, but Ryan Archibald Delon to glow. <laughs> Archie Delon. Archie Delon. Yeah, that name is that guy is playing for some reason, and uh, for, uh, I guess Fred likes his tenacity. So none of those guys I feel like are ownable, and I also think like Zach Levine moving to the point is not a Devin Booker situation because Zach Levine's not going to pass. But he's not going to share the ball. But yeah. At what point is Cameron Payne hurting you more than like they might have to go like straight Cleveland Cavaliers, right? Like the Cavaliers this year don't really have a super pass first point guard, right? Like they got George Hill and Jordan Clarkson and a lot of not great options. Like I mean, the Bulls are losing anyway. So why, why even play these point guards? I say you, play, you no, know aren't good. Play Cameron Payne. I want to lose. This is great. This is fantastic. Um, yeah. Chris Dunn about four or six weeks is, is pretty detrimental. Uh, I th- still so, think you got to hold on to him. Uh, if you have an IR spot, this is the you, big if question. You don't though. have an IR spot. Do you drop him? That's the big question. 20 some games. Do you drop him? So I am of the mind in a 10 team league, you probably have to drop him. I think you're right. Because there's just so many options available on the waiver wire. Number one. And number two, you're going to lose a lot of those head to head weeks holding a guy not playing at all. 
So in a 10-team league, you got, I think you have to draft him. I don't think it's really much of a thought. In a 12-team league, I start thinking about holding him if I don't have an IR spot. And a lot of it would depend on who is on the waiver wire. Like, I want somebody who's actually going to play decent minutes and get me somewhat productive stats as opposed to, like, if I'm in, like, a re- like a 14-team league even, I think the waiver wire is probably crappy enough you just hold him and you just, t- you just eat the games. Because I think he's probably a top 50 player, maybe just outside of that this year. Yeah, it might take him a little while to ramp up too, but I think at some point he will be a top 50 player down well, the stretch. And, and it was the knee too. So, the, I mean, like it's maybe a little bit easier when it's a hand or something and he can kind of keep his conditioning up. Um, so I'm a little bit more worried about that. I'm also worried that wasn't it a sprained ACL? Uh, I think MCL. Okay, MCL. So that's not as bad. I, I saw somewhere on Twitter where it said ACL. And then I saw where it said MCL. And I was like, well, if it's a sprained ACL, that basically means you tore your ACL. It's just not torn all the way through. I'm yeah, very, it's, I'm, I'm worried very, about it. Is, is there surgery or is he just going to rest this thing? Sounds like it's just rest. It does. I have not heard any word of surgery. So if he's just going to rest this thing, there's also a high probability that when he plays, he tears it completely. Great. Good. Um, and then he's out. The Bulls so, have a, a good track record of all this. So just so, letting you know. In saying that, I'd probably be more willing to drop him in a 12-team league because I think that there's no guarantee that he's going to come back healthy and play a good amount of time. Uh, He could try to come back and decide that that knee really hurts or that he tears it fully and then he's out for the rest of the season. Let's let's maybe uh, switch it up. Do you sell high on Chris Dunn? If you think his season is going to be shy, he's going to miss 22 games. I'd trade Chris Dunn for anything I can get at this point, probably. Wow. I mean, I yeah, if you're thinking about dropping him, you might as well try to trade him first. That's how I always feel about a lot of players, especially decent players that you think might get picked up off the waiver. Someone might just go, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll hold Chris Dunn on the bottom of my bench for a while. All right. Well, yeah, and- wouldn't you rather take the, the bottom of their bench player instead? This is literally what I, I like to do is I will literally send out an email to the league and say, hey, Chris Dunn is out for – like, I don't try to, like, be shady about it. Yeah, I'm like, hey. Back next week. Right. Chris Dunn's out four to six weeks. Like, I'll even link in the, the tweet or whatever from, like, one of the beat writers and say, like, this is the news. I'm looking to sell this for anything I can get. If anyone wants to make an offer, feel free. Because if you're if they're going to – like you said, if they're going to cut somebody to pick up Chris Dunn, Maybe they want to make that swap with you. And I, I literally just say I'm looking for anything. And if no one bites in a day or two, then I just cut them. It's a good move. It's better than hoping you can pass the waiver on whatever guy they drop. Or uh, I mean, unless your waiver wire's got some players on it, um, this might be a time to sell on Chris Dunn. I, I think if you're in a bigger league, like you were saying, you hold them. Uh, unless you can get someone to actually commit into a trade uh, let's talk about another one of your sell high candidates here uh, this oh one... no come on let's talk about the one last injury i think this one's worth it too. okay uh, you're right I, I i did forget about the the late great stephen willie barton um out until mid-december so here's where that got worse today so originally they said five to six weeks then yeah. today after he had the surgery they said he'll be reevaluated in six weeks Mm, which mm, usually to me means like you're two still more weeks. Yeah. You're usually at least a week away from playing. If you're going to get reevaluated in a week at the very least, you're a week away. 
So you're looking at two solid months, I think, at this point. You're looking at Christmas time. Uh, my advice would be the exact same advice about Chris Dunn. I think this. I think he's a little bit worse than Chris Dunn, just in my opinion. Um, so that's a straight drop for me. And if I especially don't have an IR now, if you have an IR, sure, set him on there. You know, and if you only have one IR spot and someone better in your league goes on IR, then you have to cut Barton, and that's okay. Like that's fine. Um, yeah, I'm worried about this now. When he comes back. He's going to play a ton, but this is a hip injury. And we've seen guys like Isaiah Thomas not really come back good from a hip injury. Yeah, sometimes it takes a, a season. Yeah, so I- I'm worried about Barton. And I'm worried about the Nuggets. I just don't think they're a real deep team, and they don't really have anybody. Um, I wrote my weekly hashtag basketball pickup column uh, for the first time of the season this week. And – I struggled to name anybody I thought was really going to eat these minutes because we talked about this in the preseason. Like they're one of the the weakest teams as far as wing depth. They don't really have it. I mean, like who are they going to play? Tory Craig and they're going to make Juancho Hernan Gomez a small forward when he's not. Like yeah, I feel like Hernan Gomez might be like at least he's got an interesting fantasy uh, uh, ceiling. I guess uh, it's it, it, interesting. I'm not saying good. I'm saying the word interesting because. If they're going to play him a little bit more and he's going to, you know, put up some decent minutes, uh, I, I mean, the, outside of a large league, I'm still not interested. But. Here's the thing I'll say that I think they're going to do. I think they're going to basically try to play matchups. They're going to play Hernan Gomez when the other team's a little bit bigger, and they're going to play, you know, Torrey Craig when they are Monty Morris when the other team's a little bit smaller. Um, yeah, I mean, the Nuggets are 3-0 and right now, but but watch this space. They could fall quickly because – they just not. They just don't have any wing depth right now. Yeah, they're one more injury away from the lottery. And well, and I mean, we talked about this a couple times during the preseason. Like, I just don't know that they're a playoff team in this Western Conference. Like, they're they're, they're just so not deep, and then they just the injuries keep piling up on them. Well, they could be. The pace is up around the league. No one's playing defense, so I mean that will all shift. Small sample size theater out there, guys. Uh, that will all shift back to the mean. People will start playing defense at some point, but it's been it's been a really fun start to the season. Uh, so Tyler, I do I want to talk about the rest of your sell highs here, the the top five sell highs from. Uh, I agree with some of these. Some of these I don't agree with, and this is one I I'm a little surprised to see on the list. And you have Serge Ibaka here as one of your sell highs, and uh, I don't know if I agree with that. Okay, so here's what I'll say about this. So, Serge Ibaka plays what position, Michael? I heard he plays the power forward position. So, every year before this season, he has played the majority of his minutes, and um, and every season it's been over 80% of his minutes, but one, um, except for going back to his, like, rookie season, which we won't even, we won't talk about that. So, for the last five years, all, every season but one, he's played over 80% of his minutes at power forward, according to basketball reference. This year, 100% of his minutes at center. 100%. Okay? Okay. Now, that could be good for his value as far as it probably lets him get a few more shot blocks. It probably lets him get a few more rebounds. Um, Here's my worry. He's playing 28 minutes, which is about what he played last season. Okay? They also have Jonas Valanciunas, who can only play center. So I think in certain matchups, they're going to want Valanciunas to play a little bit more. 
and Ibaka a little bit less. I'm thinking when the other team has a very big center. I mean, don't you think they'll still get him minutes at the four? They are not playing him at the four. They have not played him a minute at the four yet. He's played 100% of his game. How many games? Three games or four games? Four games. Okay. All right. And the, the word from that team is that he is a center now. That I mean, that is some deep diving uh, information, Tyler. I am impressed. So, this is what this is kind of where I, I, I want to go with it, though. So he's shooting fifty percent. He hasn't shot fifty percent since two thousand fourteen. He's getting more rebounds. He's getting good blocks. He's get, averaging fifteen points a game. Something he hasn't averaged more than fifteen points a game since two thousand and fourteen. Right? He's so, definitely playing a little bit better than he normally does right now. Right, and so that plus the fact that what are his minutes going to be against some of these teams? Right, like if they're—I don't know—we haven't seen Jonas Valanciunas, uh, you know, take over that thirty-minute-a-night role. I mean, like you, like you said, depending on the matchup, well, we will see. But uh, yeah, but even if it's twenty-five and twenty-three to get the forty-eight, right? If Ibaka gets on the twenty-three side of that, that's definitely hurting his value. But don't you think there will be as many games where they want to go with Valanciunas versus games where they don't want to go to Valanciunas and they do play Serge Ibaka at the five more? Yeah, but isn't Valanciunas, even in those games, still going to come in and play the Enos Cantor 20 minutes? Oh, probably. You know what I mean? So then that's limiting him to 28 maximum in those those games where he gets the lion's share. And then if you're telling me there's some games where he maybe gets 23, like – I just think that's a little dangerous. And so, I, I mean, I think people are valuing Ibaka relatively highly right now, right? They've seen a few good games. They they think this move to center might be helping him. I think it, it hurts his value a little bit because it hurts his minutes a little bit. So I am selling Ibaka for any top 75 player I can find. Oh, well, now, now you're talking. Uh, I will sell Serge Ibaka for any top 75 player period like that's that's at any time during the season because it's just Serge Ibaka is not a it's really just I don't think he's going to be a top 75 player last year per game he was 73rd so it is there in 27 minutes per game so the potential is there but I uh, we were down on Serge Ibaka going into the season and as you're saying he's playing very well right now um with the potential as you're as you're indicating that that playing time might not always be there. That consistency might not always be there from week to week. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in on selling them for sure. I think you could probably buy Ronda Hellas Jefferson, who hasn't played a minute yet. Yeah. I think you can probably buy Dario Saric, who I, I think is going to be better. I was just talking about Ronda Hellas Jefferson. A lot of people have dropped him. What are you doing? What's happening? Like, pick him up now. Yeah. And so he's a guy who doesn't shoot threes. So you got to build around him a little bit right if you want to compete in threes you got to have a strong three-point shooting team but this guy just i mean good blocks good steals good assists good rebounds good points free throw percentage is a little shaky i mean it's not as good as you'd like to see but he shoots good field goal percentage because he doesn't shoot a lot of jumpers because he knows he can't make them yeah ron ellis jefferson is going to be good um let's yeah and we we got out on that we got other guys d'angelo russell right i mean he's been struggling a little bit you get him it's gonna be fine yeah, um, so all those guys, I'm willing to to take Serge Ibaka and try to go out and get one of those guys. And I think it's doable, right, because those guys were all kind of picked around Serge Ibaka. 
you got kind of a hot ticket. They've got kind of a lukewarm ticket. And you can probably make that deal, I think. And the minutes are the big worry. And if you think that he's going to get 28 every night, then maybe you hold on Serge Ibaka. But I, I just don't. I just don't think that's the case. Let's talk about the third uh, player uh, on this list. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., your boy out of New York. Uh, Knox is out. That's a, actually, I think, a good reason to sell high on Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. playing still just um, – uh, no, I, never mind. He is playing 34 minutes a game, which seems a little high. He is uh, currently ranked 37th overall by coming out of the gate and scoring like a maniac. Averaging 27 points a game, one and a half steals. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is definitely overperforming. But um, what do you what do you think you could actually get for a guy who I think people know is a bottom half type of player? Okay, so you're selling him on the fact that he's scoring 27 points a game through four games. Now, here's the crazy part too, and this is how I think you. You couch the sell of him. Okay. He's shooting worse than he shot the last three seasons. He shot 42, 45, and 43%. He's shooting 41.8 this season. So For some reason he is taking 22 field goal attempts per game. I think you can get someone to buy in on the fact, though, that like, oh, he's New York's number one option. Blah, blah, blah. Like that it might be New York number, number one option. Okay, and we talk about it, right? Pace is up. Like, New York's playing at a crazy high pace. Yep. Here's the thing I don't love about it, okay? In 34 minutes, he's probably going to get you 1.1 steal and 0.2 blocks with less than three assists and less than four rebounds. So, sure, he might give you – even if he gives you 20 points a game, cool, great. He's a little bit in the Zach Levine territory of not giving you anything else. Okay? So you got to sell someone on the fact that he's he's scoring points and he's actually got some steals this year. But, I, again, I'm not really looking to buy anyone, like, in the top 40 either. Like, I'm looking to sell him for, like, the similar guys we were just talking about. Yeah, around the, those bottom half players that you think are um, closer to that. 50 60 70 range versus the guy who's her 70 to 100 and i, I would say tim hardaway jr is definitely a here's a guy to 100 type player so if you can get just a little bit of an upgrade and that's what we're kind of saying here when you sell high even a little bit of an upgrade still an upgrade um throw him out for one of those guys who is more of an across the board contributor right talk about points being sexy i'm looking at guys now joe ingles has been really hot so maybe you don't get him but there's lots of guys in that range that are, are similar to Joe Ingles, the Torian Princes, the Josh Richardsons, the Robert Covingtons. You might be able to snag one of those guys for him. You want to uh, uh, hear one of the most, I guess, shocking? Well, maybe I'll check Yahoo because I, um, I checked ESPN last time. But uh, Yahoo, I don't know if Yahoo is going to be worse or if it's going to be better. And this is about Torian Prince. Oh, it's Torian? better. It's better on it's both better. players. Dude, there was a worse one than Torian Prince because this guy I'd rather have than Torian Prince, and he's owned in less leagues. It's Robert Covington. Robert Covington's owned in 27% of ESPN leagues. That can't be right. We're going to have to stay with the Yahoo rankings because Torian Prince on Yahoo, owned by 92% of teams. Respect to our Yahoo players out there. 
no respect to ESPN's change in their user interface. And Robert Covington is owned in 95% of Yahoo League. So we're going we're to be switching. We're going to be permanently using Yahoo as our percentage of, because that sounds more realistic. Yeah, and I mean, it's just, I, I mean, I get it, because if you looked at their uh, preseason rankings, like both those players were outside the top, like 120, I believe. So I get why they're not highly owned, but it's like, who's playing in these leagues? Like, are they are they some sort of like crazy points leagues that like really reward points scored and Just nothing points. else? Like, I, I don't know. I don't understand it. I, I, I don't either. I, it, you know what? ESPN has been also had a lot of bugs and maybe this is one of them because those numbers just don't sound realistic. Um, Here's the other thing I'll say next week. So we're talking week three. We're in week two right now. Week three, the Sixers and the Blazers both play five games. So if Robert Covington is somehow on your ESPN waiver wire and you don't pick him up, I think that is a very, very foolish move. I agree. And any of those, you know, Sixers, Blazers guys, right? Some Frenchy guys, like you might be forced, especially if you play in a weekly lock league to start those guys. Um, they both both teams play five games next week. So that's just kind of a, a heads up to looking ahead. All right, let us talk about the last two guys on uh, this list. Uh, De'Aaron Fox, who is having a very nice start to the season, um, scoring a lot. Shooting fifty-two percent—that's uh, your your glaring obvious. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is 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 overperforming. <laughs> That's sixty percent on two pointers. Incredible, absolutely incredible. Uh, that's going to revert to the mean pretty well. But um, I don't know about like the rest of his stats though. I'm not sure how much of the 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 rest of his stats revert to the mean. But uh, definitely that field goal percentage is on its way out. Oh. I like to flip it and look at per 36 minute stats on, especially even on young players. Cause um, if Mark Roberts has taught us anything, it's that those per 36 minutes stats are pretty sticky. Meaning regardless of how many minutes the person plays, they're, they're per minute, basically the same player for the most part. Um, so he's playing 35 minutes a game. If you know anything about Dave Yeager's rotation, and as a man who's covered the Sacramento Kings and Dave Yeager's crazy rotations, I can tell you this. Jaeger has moments and spurts in his life where he's going to play Yogi Ferrell and Frank Mason a bunch, just a random game or two, and he's going to limit Fox to like 20 minutes. He, he gonna, just he does it. I do, don't ask. I don't, there's no, there's no reason. He, don't try he's to visited by the ghosts of uh, King's past, you know, Peja, Soyakovic, Doug Christie shows up. Uh, sometimes a white chocolate uh, version of Jay will shows, shows up and, Says you gotta play Yogi Ferrell. You can't sit, sit, De'Aaron Fox. And then he wakes up in a cold sweat and he changes the lineup. Yeah. So here's the the, the other couple things I'll say. And you asked specifically about the other stats. So he averaged three point six rebounds per thirty six last year. This year he's up to five. I don't really see any reason for that. They have Sacramento has a lot of big men. He's just falling into some boards right now that he's not going to fall into. Um, he averaged 5.7 assists. He's averaging 7.8 assists per 36 minutes. And I, I think a, a little bit of a jump in, in assists and but those rebounds are per, those is are reasonable, per, but not those are per 36 minute stats too. They're yeah. not okay. So that's important to remember. Now, here's what I'll say about Fox from watching him most of last year. Because he can't shoot a jump shot, most people think he's a pass first point guard. 
right? Like he's a guy trying to get the ball out of his hands. He is much more of a scoring point guard than people think. He's not a super high assist guy. Um, if he topped five and a half assists per game this year, I would be super impressed. That means he took a big leap in his his passing numbers. Um, that would be a whole assist per game more than he got last year. Um, so 7.7, not sustainable. He's probably going to get maybe one point. I mean, the steals are probably a little bit high. 1.2, 1.1 is probably where he ends up. And if he scored more than like 17 points a game, he'd be doing real good for himself. So his numbers are just all a little bit inflated right now. Plus, I think, too, that some people get excited about these young players and they're willing to buy a little higher on a young guy because they can get sold on something Mike just said, right? Oh, well, he could take a big jump, right? He's only 21. He could do this. He could do that. He could do the other thing. I mean, I, I just don't know. I like. Yeah, I, think, uh, I think with the opportunity – uh, those numbers should go up a little. Those numbers are up a lot, and his field goal percentage is up a lot. So he's definitely playing, uh, you know, after three games, a uh, small sample size, he's definitely playing a lot better than he is going to be finishing. So if you can get, I'd say, anybody in the top 100 for De'Aaron Fox, I'm I'm, I'm interested in making that deal. Yeah, and, like, obviously you got to know what you're selling, and you got to obviously look for someone in your league that maybe is getting hyped on these guys. But, I mean, I mentioned a few guys. Um, a few other guys I'll mention. Nick Batum hasn't had a great start. You can sell him, you know, sell his owner. And I think that's a wise move in the long run. Um, you could also look, at, and I mentioned this with Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, but look for some of these other guys who haven't really played, right? Dwayne Dedman's going to play his first game tomorrow. Maybe you need a big man. Dwayne Dedman should be good. Yeah. Um, another guy who hasn't played yet, Harrison Barnes. Like, if you're telling me who's going to play better this season, De'Aaron Fox or Harrison Barnes, give me Harrison Barnes. Um, yeah, the the three the three box scores from De'Aaron Fox look really really great. One of the games is a 42 minute game. The other one is a 37 and a half minute game. Um, they look. I mean, it looks really really good right now. So the, this would be a good time to go. Hey, this guy might you know this this guy might be worth something. Uh, I I do think he finishes out out of the top 100 this year still. Yeah, and it, a lot of it has to do with just he's a poor efficiency guy. Where he shot 41 yeah. percent and he shot 72 percent, and I don't really see any reason why those take like huge increases. Um, yeah, if you don't care about that, then this is uh, less of a sell high situation. Well, and here's the other thing too. So he shot 30 percent on three pointers last year. He's shooting 41 percent in the small sample size, even though he's making every two point shot he can make. Mm. So that that's another reason to look at it. Like he didn't fix his jumper. It's just he's getting to the rim and scoring right now. Is he going to be able to get to the rim and score in every game? I I tend to think not. Yeah, he got to the rim and scored against Utah, which is actually impressive. New Orleans, which is actually kind of impressive too. Uh, but those were uh, – at least the New Orleans one was a blowout. And uh, then OK City, which is actually – I'm a little impressed. But uh, definitely yeah, but Schroeder's not a good defender. I mean – and it was No, of course not. And that was Westbrook's first game, so he played some in that game obviously. But – in your first game back, are you ever looking super great? Like even the, the best players don't usually look, especially on both ends of the floor. A lot of them say like a lot of the LeBron Westbrook types save it for offense and let you blow past them a few times. Yeah. Westbrook. I mean, Westbrook's uh unstoppable Android person. I, there's no way he should be back right now. And here he is playing. 
Um, let's go to the last guy here on your list. Um, I'm not surprised about this one, but I need I need to hear the context of putting Karis LeVert on your sell high list. Um. Okay, so I believe you talked about Karis LeVert in your your podcast, your solo pod. You did uh, I, I did. I think we we even talked about him before that, saying he's a must pick up in, in after night one, after the real night one. Uh, that he looks like a legit player. Looks like he's going to be a focal point on that Brooklyn offense, and that Brooklyn offense is going to be kind of interesting. He's a good across the board type player. Uh, he's currently ranked 25th, which is definitely not something we said he would be by the end of the year. But I think this uh, Karis LeVert's a, a top 70, maybe even a top 60 type player uh, before the year ends. Uh, are, are you saying he is outside of that? Or are you saying let's let's fuel this hype train and get somebody who's a real asset with how well Karis LeVert's playing? So here's my worry for Karis LeVert. Okay? He played... 26 minutes a game last year. Okay. The Nets are Damari Carroll missed the, or Damari Carroll's out, right? And mm-hmm. he, he's not due back for a little while. Okay. Ronnie Hollis Jefferson is going to be back any day now. That's true. Okay. Alan Crabb missed the game. Yeah. So I think. Right, and, and they put playing Joe Harris thirty minutes a game. Right, we saw Joe Harris play like fifteen minutes a game last year. I think just some of these injuries on kind of that wing spot are building up a little bit, and it's forcing the Nets to play Karis Levert a little more than they want to. So there's the start of why I'm going to sell high okay. is if he's only going to play twenty eight minutes a game instead of thirty one. Well, there's a hit to his value right there. He's another guy shooting 65, 40% from three and 87 from the line. Well, so far for his career on free throws, he's a 72% shooter. That's not great. Okay. So he shot 45% as a rookie from the field. Maybe he can shoot that good again. Cool. Party. That's fine. Um, He does a little bit more in the rebounds and assists categories, but he averaged 12.1 points a game. Even if you want to flip it to per 36, he's averaged 16.6 points a game last year. Like, he's not a big-time scorer, but if I can sell somebody on the fact that he is a big-time scorer, I think I could get some real good value. And I'm with you. Like, he could easily be a top 75 player this year, but if I can sell him for a Ricky Rubio or a Jeff Teague, right, some of these guys who are some people drafted outside the top 50 that I think are top 50 players, I'd do that in a second. Yeah, I'm with. I'm actually with you on that. I think once you get into that Jeff T. Ricky Rubio range, guys who are uh, have always finished these seasons in the top sixty, uh, even in the top fifty, those are no brainers. Uh, Karis LeVert definitely has some question marks, and I think the points you bring up about the fact that like uh, with Ronnie Hollis Jefferson back with more hands to feed on the uh, starting roster. The usage is going to go probably down a little bit. Uh, he is definitely playing the best basketball he's ever played. Uh, and those percentages are going to revert no matter well, what. Well, here's, here's the other definitely thing. definitely going to happen. Here's the other thing I wanted to say, too. He's shooting 13.3 shots a game. It's No one's even going to score 20 points a game on 13.3 shots, right? 
At 13.3 shots, he's literally going to score like 15 points a game at most. That's with shooting like 47% from the field. You know, I mean, he's taking seven free throw attempts a game. He took 2.6 per game last year. Uh, he is he is not the he's not a twenty five point scorer. That's and he's he's not out. even he's not even a twenty point scorer. He's not even a seventeen point game scorer. He's like a fifteen point a game scorer in thirty one minutes. Yeah, I, I'm more saying it, when we when we went and talked about picking him up is the fact that I think he's going to be a standardly relevant player. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. If he's playing yeah. even twenty seven or twenty eight minutes, you're talking one point two steals. You're talking thirteen, fourteen points. You're talking four assists. You're talking pretty close to four rebounds. Like he's definitely standardly holdable, ownable. Oh, yeah. If you can't sell him, you keep this guy on your roster. Don't get me wrong. But I'm thinking you can sell this guy right now for probably a top 50, top 60 player. I, think, I don't I think, think he's that good. Right. I think you, know you might I mean? be right, Tyler. And so that's why I'm trying to sell high is if I can take this player who's a top 75 player and turn him into a top 50 player, that's a net 20 spot win, right? Like we talk about this in the draft all the time. I'm trying to get somebody 15 or 20 spots lower in the draft than where I think he's going to finish. So if he's going to finish top 50, I want to pick him at like 65. If I can do that, I think that's a huge win. And that's how I win the league. Trading a player like this for a player like that is how you win the league. That is a great, absolute great point, Tyler. I like that idea. I like all those guys really. Uh, yeah, other than the Serge Ibaka one took some uh, convincing, but all those guys uh, are sell highs. Uh, Zach Levine, obviously, Karis LeVert. Dearn, Fox, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Serge Ibaka. Uh, we will be running this segment back throughout the season. So if you guys like what you hear, rate, review us, leave us feedback on Twitter. If you want to hear more stuff like this, you can find me at Watch the Boxes. You can find Tyler at Tyler P. Watts. That's W A T T S. And if you really want to support the program here, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Shout out to all our subscribers. Uh, you guys have been essential in keeping this podcast going. We really appreciate all of you, and we will catch you next time.